Motiversity family, it's Marcus Taylor. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity, one of the top 50 podcasts in the world. If you enjoy listening to Motiversity and this podcast, you need to download the Mindset Daily Motivation app. On it, you'll gain access to thousands of motivational speeches, including Motiversity's and mine. And now, with the new Mindset Alarm feature, you can start each day with purpose, waking up to powerful audios like this one. You may be average, you may be ordinary, but you have the opportunity every single day to make extraordinary decisions. And what you do today will determine your future. To download Mindset, just go to MindsetApp.com or search for Mindset Daily Motivation on the Apple or Google Play Store and listen to motivational speeches while getting ready for the day. Click the link to download Mindset now and get ready to transform your life. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. What advice would I give myself? Um, well, here's the thing. It's an interesting question because I think 20-year-old me would not have listened to any advice because 20-year-old me thought he had it all figured out. But if I could somehow penetrate that thick skull, um, I would say to him, don't think you have to have it all planned out. So mellow out a little bit. Don't worry at all about what other people think. They're not thinking about you. And the most important thing that you can do is just try to make a contribution. Can you give us a sense of your career? Like, how did you end up where you are now? Was it a straight line? <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of a straight line is. I, I, you know, like, like, I know, is a straight line a circle? Is a straight line like a jumble? No, there are no straight lines. 
Um, at a certain point, I think I felt like I needed a long-term plan. But then what I also found is that any long-term plan immediately hits the ugly truth of reality and then becomes a joke. And so for me, I think very carefully about what's next. What's next? E.L. Doctorow, the great novelist, had this lovely metaphor for writing, but I think it's true for, I think it's true in some levels for careers and for life, which is that you're driving on a dark night and you have your headlights on and you can only see, you know, a few meters ahead of you. And that's sometimes aggravating. But the thing is, you can make the whole journey that way. You can make the whole journey that way. And a lot of times you can't see the full journey. The, the technique that I use for younger people who, like your viewers, who say, okay, you know, it's like, how did you get to be doing, you know, I want to come up with my plan. I want to come up with this carefully constructed way of moving from point A to point B to point C to arrive at a particular destination. And my, what I say to them is, okay, guys, hold on. Hold on, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody in their 40s or 50s who is doing something that is cool, that you like, that you admire, that makes a contribution. And then ask that person this question, how did you get to be doing what you're doing? And I guarantee you that 99 times out of 100, the most interesting, impactful people will answer that question like this. It's a long story because it is the opposite of a line, whatever that is. There are, there are four core regrets over and over again, and they, they, they tend to transcend the domains of life. We often think of our regrets as like, oh, I have a career regret. Oh, no, but I have a health regret, or I have a romance regret. But what I found is the four regrets are these, foundation regrets. Foundation regrets are if only I'd done the work. These are regrets people have about not studying hard enough in university, or um, not taking care of their health, or smoking, or not eating right, or not saving money. Small decisions that accumulate to bad consequences. The second one, huge category, boldness regrets. These are regrets that people have that say, if only I'd taken the chance. They didn't start a business. They didn't ask that crush out for a date. They didn't travel. Uh, they had an opportunity at, at one point in their life to do something beyond play it safe. They chose not to do that and now they regret it. Third category, are moral regrets. If only I'd done the right thing. These are people who at a certain point in their life could do the right thing or the wrong thing. They do the wrong thing and it still bugs them, which is in some way, its own way heartening. It shows that I think people want to be good. And then the final one are connection regrets. Connection regrets are if only I'd reached out. And these are regrets about relationships um, where you have a relationship or you should have had a relationship and it comes apart usually through drifts and you want to reach out, but you don't because you think it's going to be awkward and the other side's not going to care, so it drifts out even more. And then in, in some cases, it, it ends up being too late. And so these four regrets, to me, reveal, as I said earlier, what makes life worth living. What do we want out of life? We want a stable foundation. We want some stability. We want a chance to do something. We want a chance to learn and grow and lead a psychologically rich life. We want to do the right thing. I'm convinced, Tyler, that most of us want to do the right thing. And what else do we want? We want love. We want connection to other people. That's what makes life worth living. And I think in terms of careers, I think that's what, what makes a good career. I think that what makes, that's what makes an organization that's worth working for.
And this way that I think that we can process our regrets is very healthy. So one thing you can do is you can, you know, like I, I feel like there's three simple steps that you can take to turn your regrets into engines for progress. One of them is to reframe is to reframe the regret and the way you think about yourself. Um, so, you know, do you, so a lot of times when we have a regret, one reason that we try to avoid it is that if we really confront it, we start lacerating ourselves saying, you, you know, our, our self-talk is you're an idiot. What are you talking about? And what we should do instead is, it sounds gooey, but what we should do instead is treat ourselves with kindness. There's a body of research in what's called self-compassion, which is treating ourselves with kindness rather than contempt thinking about our own missteps as part of the human condition, not something that only we do. Looking at our missteps, not as fully definitional of who we are, but as just one part of who we are. And so just sort of being a little better to ourselves. The second thing you can do is disclosure. Disclosure is itself inherently valuable. We know that it relieves a burden, but the other thing, when we talk about our regrets or even write about them, we take this blobby, amorphous, negative emotion and convert it into words, and that makes it less fearsome, and it begins the sense-making process. So there's a pile of evidence showing that talking about our regrets, even writing about them privately, is a way to defang them. And finally, what we need to do, which is essential, is we need to, you know, we can, we can look inward, all right, we can express outward, but then we gotta, we gotta move forward. And the way to do that, in my mind, is to take a step back, and extract a lesson from it. What would you tell your best friend to do? If you were looking back on this decision 10 years from now, what would you want to have done? If someone else were in your position, what would she do? And, and I think this process of looking inward and treating ourselves with some kindness, expressing outward and disclosing the regret as a way to make sense of it, and then moving forward by taking a step back and extracting a lesson is relatively simple to do and allows us to take these regrets and not be scared of them and not let them debilitate us, but to enlist them as forces for moving forward. When we're making a decision, we think that that's the most important decision there is. And so for me, I think a, a tool is to make decisions for fundamental reasons rather than instrumental reasons, which goes to what you were talking about before, about careers as a line. That if we make decisions, if I decide I'm going to major in this because it's going to lead to that, which is going to lead to that, which is going to lead to that, I think that's a bad idea because you have no idea where it's going to lead. If you major in something because you like it, because it's interesting, because you find it compelling, major in that because you're going to learn a lot, you're going to do really well, and you have no idea where it's going to lead. And so, you know, the, the, the reason that I like making decisions for fundamental reasons rather than instrumental reasons is not because I have this noble view of the world, it's that instrumental reasons don't work because the world is so complicated. So you're better off just making decisions for fundamental reasons, doing things you care about that are meaningful and that contribute, and, and being alert to opportunity along the way, recognizing that as you said earlier, that the path is not a path, it's the opposite of a line. It's a, it's a messy, three-dimensional um, squiggle. Uh, sometimes we have the sequence wrong. We think, okay, I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do and then do it. But what I found in my own life, and I think the lives of others, is that that sequence is off, that actually the way to figure out what you wanna do is to do stuff. So the doing actually leads to the figuring out rather than the other way around.